0: Frank fails. Gary Hart for Interfering. And Kerry still comes on, even though Kerry had him high. And Gary Hart pulled his foot out from under him. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Now, Frank Smale, and returns the favor. One, two, three. One-man gang. I don't like his presence in the ring. Here comes help from the back. And it may be time to take a good, long, hard look for the last time at Gary Hart with hair on his head. Fans are already chatting balding. The gang now nails anybody that gets close. Throw out! And Gary Hart tells the gang to throw him out. The one-man gang is trying to dispose of everybody that comes to the ring. The, ring. the crowd roars now as here come the Monarchs. They can't control the gang. They've got to get control of him before they can get hard in the ring. Gary and Kevin had the gang hung on the turnbuckle now. And the gang is now handcuffed to the ropes. Nothing he can do now. The one-man gang handcuffed in the corner. It puts what Eric has Gary Hart. It's like old times again. There's a knee. And chairs are brought in. The gang tried to get unhandcuffed from the turnbuckle as Fritz starts in on Gary Hart. Oh my goodness. Look at this. Like old times again. Now the gang over there in the meantime is trying to unscrew the turnbuckle, which is the only way he can save himself. Hard being saved by Fritz von Eric is carrying Kevin and Mike hold him down. Oh, yeah. Fritz now asking Gary. But look how much the getting big the ropes are beginning to fall loose. Now as he tries to unscrew himself. Hey. 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 The gag is loose. Gang is loose, look out, and Gary Hart has the chair, and now I begin to get worried. I can't believe he unscrewed the whole turnbuckle. Now what's going to happen? Gary Hart's head has already been shaved. The hair is in the ring, as you see. There is no top rope. The gang with a chair. The turnbuckle laying on the ring mat. The gang puzzled as he looks at Gary Hart's hair. Fritz to the floor. Well, I don't know what's going to happen.
1: This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast with your host, the Professor Chalbelo Veracruz. Cruz. I run, Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder,
0: and I will take the powers of those that have no fear.
1: And the Prodigal One, JB, the Queen, the Queen of the Crop. Now it's time to go back in time in the time machine.
0: The green Two sweet The living legend. Bruno Samartino. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass to be the man. You gotta beat the man. Woo! Look at this. he's.
1: Nice. You know what? We have turned a page. And before we, I even start my spiel here at the pW Networks at PowerBeam.com, before I give credences to the Magnificent 70 Elite, 8 the 99, the Terrific 10, before I even give acknowledgement to all the Ikes, the Left, the Right, the dem, the Repubs, you know what? For any podcast, for any social media platform, we must, you know, acknowledge the fact that this is a dawning of a new era. Yes, we are the PWR podcast here at the Pwso Networks at PowerBeam.com. And shoutouts to our Hameenites. Shout outs to our big Vitoites. But before anything, this is the first nostalgic podcast with now with now knowing that Vincent Kenan McMahon Jr. is not in power. Of world wrestling entertainment the 40 year run is over reflection nights and you know what even though we're a nostalgic podcast we've talked about WWE from the past we've talked about WWF we've talked about worldwide wrestling Federation we talked about Sam Martino Pedro Bob Backlund Hulk Hogan Stone Cold The Rock HBK Bret Hart John Cena but again We've been doing this podcast for how many years, T.W.? Like four, give or take? Six, man. Six? No, us together. Almost six, five and a half? No, no, as as a duo. As a duo. I'm not talking about all. Four. At least four, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've been doing this four years, and we've done it knowing that Vincent Kenny McMahon, senile, perverted as he is, was in charge of WWE. So this is the first time... We are acknowledging a nostalgic podcast that we are. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is no more. Will he become Bernie Madoff 2.0 in jail? I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not here to talk about the present. I'm here to talk about the past, but at least I acknowledge that this is the first pro wrestling reflection podcast without Vincent Kennedy McMahon under the helm, under the stewardship of world wrestling entertainment. And now, I will introduce myself because I am vain like that. I am the most nostalgic one. I am the magnanimous one. I am the studious one. I am the stupendous one. But most importantly, I am the glorious one. The only objective man in the IWC, YWC. Punditry. The only objective man in this political spectrum. Your friend of mine, the Professor Chubb of, uh, Cruz, And I'm not here alone. Because again, this is like a, this is a different, this is a dawning of a new era. And I'm here with my brother from another mother. The conservative liberal. The liberal conservative. Dr. Freakin' Stein himself. Rob riggle Nicholas Cage-esque. He looks like Sean Connery from The Rock. That's just my own humble opinion, but you know, you take it for what a grain of salt reflection is. Tommy Wonder, and he is holding up a vintage Vincent Kennedy McMahon announcers action figure how's it going tw and again this is a dawning of a new era we're doing a podcast knowing that he is not under the the charm under the stewardship of world wrestling entertainment anymore you said it a little differently than i would have said it i
2: would have said vince mcmahon has retired you you said it like there's a statue and the military is throwing a rope around its neck and ripping it down like you said i'm, I'm being made. objective yes they call it
1: uh, they call it objective. retirement which is a great pr word but we know he was
2: forced out. Gotta be gotta be honest. Uh, well, I don't know about forced out. Uh, I think he finally just said, you know what? I'm 77 years old. What do I need to stick around for? But someone put up uh, a video. I think it was on our page. And it said too soon. And it was when Triple H came out. And so Vince, he was being relieved of his duties. And he mm-hmm. cried. And I thought, that's passion, man. That guy probably in that promo, which is probably... What four years, five years ago at least? Because Triple H has the ponytail. Um, probably was that was like 2014, give or take. Yeah, so so almost 10 years ago, and he he, that was some good work, man. It, it, like he looked like, and, and I imagine he's somewhere right now feeling that way, right? He probably watched SmackDown, which was kind of still like it would have been if he was there, and then Raw was supposedly different. I it felt like Raw to me. Um, But I didn't see the opening, and I heard it started with fighting, whatever. But anyways, you know, I'm going to say it right now because the 12 people that listen to this show probably already read my opinion on the thing. Look, he didn't do anything anybody else wouldn't do, and I don't feel bad for any woman who knowingly sleeps with a married man and then takes money to not—basically, she's bribing him. Even if he's giving her hush money, it's a bribe. Um, We all know there are women in the world that exist that way who— Now, 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 let me also state— He's a piece of trash for betraying the vows of his marriage. I'm not giving him a free pass, but he's not a criminal, is my point. Um oh yeah. He's I mean, a rich, prefer-
1: perverted bastard. But that's a that's I don't that's even legal.
2: know. I don't even know if perverted is the word. He's a man that loves women and he's surrounded by hot chicks. Um it's 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 the bottom line. It's here's the deal. There are celebrities who only date other celebrities, and I have a I have an opinion on why that is. You know why that is? Because they could get any girl in the fucking mall they want. If, if George Clooney walked into the mall today and said, hey, you, I want to go out with you, and that girl was holding your hand on your 10th anniversary, she would look at you and go, bye-bye, and she would go with George Clooney. Why? Because he's George Clooney. all right? And she'd be doing you a favor. I, I'm obviously being uh, facetious because there are women that wouldn't do that. But my point is, on any given day, any popular celebrity knowingly with money can walk anywhere at any time and get any girl and I think they go for other celebrities because there's a challenge to it. It's like the popular kids in school only date the popular but kids. It's a, a, a safer
1: bet to do what, to find someone of your own stature, your own elite right, stature. Right, right. But, but anybody also, below you seems like, like you're taking advantage of them. That's what it that's the difference. In or the po- in the core or, of public opinion. Or uh-huh. you have people who will say,
2: does she love me or does she love my this, that, or the other mm-hmm. thing? So if if Taylor Swift has everything that was the guy from Twilight, Jacob, whatever, the fucking team, the other one, Team Jacob. If Taylor Swift and him had the same amount of money, the same amount of notoriety, then... then then yeah, she could be thinking he's not using me for my money and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know that's a bad example because some guys purposely date her to get a song written about him so that they can be even more famous. But, but you you get my point. And yes. and so you know, is it me she loves or is it my fame?
1: Well, mm-hmm. um, well, like I said, it, it's not about
2: New, who new Edition. Right. Any heartbreak. Listen to the lyrics of Any Heartbreak by New Edition. They yeah. will tell you, is it me she wants or is it my fame? And, and so anyways, Vince McMahon, 77 years old, has, has probably been with chicks that are even hotter than the chicks we see on TV that aren't on TV because he can. And if he gives them money to shut up about their affair, A, we both know these young hot chicks were only with him knowing this day was coming where he was going to give them money to, because it's extortion or blackmail. Only he did it first unless they actually did extort or blackmail him. But it's not I don't have any you agree to,
1: to an NDA. That's all I'll say.
2: Exactly. But, but but no, no, no. I'm saying it's not him taking advantage of someone. She's right on board. And so now a Harvey Weinstein where he's like, uh, you're gonna get on these nuts or I'm gonna get you fired from your job. That's a different story, right? So obviously there's stories going around that uh Christy Hemi did it once but didn't want to do it ever again. Sorry, Christy Hemme. If you did it once and he tried to get you to do it again, you're on board. And just because you said no the second time, you said yes the first time. What is the quote? It's been credited to Michael Jordan. It's been credited to Wayne Gretzky, the two best to ever do what those two did, respectively. We miss 100% of the shots we do not take. This dude has nothing to lose. Now he does. He did not 85 to fucking 2005 but now he does because all we got to do is hit on a girl and we're fucking hit with a Me Too movement because it's gotten that ridiculous so that people who actually do get, you know, violated or whatever, people second-guess every story now because of all the girls that go out there just doing it to get some dude in trouble because they're mad at him. So we're left we're left in a world where I'm back to, if you don't have evidence,
1: I don't believe it until you do. And that sucks. The way, it's the way of the new world. Of a, like right? I said – it's just, it's not even about, is he right or wrong? I'm not talking about, right, we're not doing right. morals and ethics. Right, it's right, just right. that we are just a bunch of podcasts. We're, we're part of hundreds of podcasts, whether it's about on YouTube, the- whether it's on PopBeam. This is the new, this is our newest reality that, you know, maybe sometimes, maybe I was blinded, T.W., that we were, we were living under the bubble, like, you know, Vince McMahon was always going to be the leader. Again, you're right. He's 77. You're supposed to, you know, wind down. You're supposed to retire. You're supposed to, you know, go to the Bahamas or go to Florida and relax with right your up. millions. He didn't want to do that. That's why we, I just kept saying it. Just we can
2: both mean. agree. We can both agree. I think you agree with me on this, especially that promo with Triple H. At the end of the day, Vincent Kennedy McMahon's first and only true love is the World Wrestling Federation. Whether you, we can call it the fucking World Wrestling Entertainment all we want. It mm-hmm. was the World Wrestling Federation. That's, what he, that's when he chopped the fucking W off there and made it two W's in an F. That is his baby. That is his legacy. That is his passion. Um, and yeah, he didn't get everything right these days. But you know what? Uh, There's still stars that were created in the last 10 years that people would say, hey, you don't know what he's doing no more yet. He created new stars. So yeah, he probably should have stepped down or at least let someone help a long ago. But I I, I hope it, it changes things somewhat, but I hope it still stays the same. I was just talking to my buddy Jeff last night. I said, you know, I don't I, I, I understand it's going to come across as I'm knocking everybody else, but I said when I watch Impact, when I watch AEW, when I watch MLW, when I watch WWE, obviously they're four different shows. Mm-hmm. But something about the WWE is just different. It's it, like their camera angles, their their their, their formula, their formula. Their, is, no, their no, not the formula. Is, the presentation is like the the fonts, the the screen. I I don't like that shit on SmackDown where there's looks like a floating Roman Reigns that's not really in the arena, but it looks like that on TV. But they got rid of a lot of that shit. But but anyway, it's just it's so well done. Like overproduced, call it what you want, but it just seems bigger than life. And then, obviously, AEW seems bigger than Impact, and Impact seems bigger than MLW and NWA because they're in such small buildings. But mm-hmm. but they all come across as wrestling shows. WWE comes across as, like, must-see. I, I don't know if that's necessarily what it is, but the spectacle of it. And then Jeff said it to me. He goes, Tom, they're recording shit with cameras for stuff that doesn't even exist yet so that when it does exist, they already have footage recorded you know, like TV's in your house and mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah, that's gotta be it and and it's just different. You could have the exact same match in a WWE ring and then have it in an AEW ring and have it filmed by the respective companies and it's just gonna look like night and day, two different things. And it's yeah it's crazy it, it, to me. But that's what that happens said, when you invest. I'm gonna make a bold prediction. What's that? And I'm on a fence. I don't even know what one is gonna be until it comes out of my mouth right now. I think there's a lot of people out there that are hopeful that there's going to be a WWE-AEW joint show. And I I'm going to predict that will not happen under Triple H. Because it's like I always say, you don't see Ronald McDonald running around in his commercials chasing Burger King. You see Burger King chasing Ronald McDonald. Because number two puts number one in their video every damn commercial every time. Number one, ignores number two, because it's free publicity. Now, if times fall hard on WWE, they're too successful to need to do it, is what I'm saying.
1: like, There's mm-hmm. no, there's no, there's no, well, again, it's a, it's a new world, new regime. I can new say ideas. trading
2: talent, trading talent, like, hey, we'll give you these couple guys for those couple guys. That's how you get around contracts and stuff. I could see something like that happening, but I don't mm-hmm. see a joint show. Because you're going to end up with a couple fucking 30-minute draws, a couple but, double DQs,
1: and a fucking again, we're, not the fu- we're not a futuristic podcast. We're the nostalgic podcast. So we'll leave that for the for the other people. We leave that to the other professionals to do that job, to predict the future. But we're here to talk about the past, to talk about the glory Ooh. days of professional Ooh. wrestling. And with this, episodic episode tw since you <coughs> excuse me since you wanted to talk about the camera angles and the cameras and the lights and all that stuff we are going to go back to dallas texas may of 1985 the second annual david von erich parade of champions in honor of the memory of david von erich the eldest of the brothers of the von erics and tw since you want to talk about we're not going to talk about the event first we will talk about what happened within the event we know the circumstances of why this event was created because David Von Erich passed away in 1984, gone too soon. He has he died in Japan, you know, food poison. It wasn't food poison; but it was something inside his stomach. Some people said he was he was drinking a lot of alcohol. He fell asleep and you know never woke up. Whatever the case may be, I'm not gonna go into that. And TW is holding the NWA World Television Title, the red uh, colored belt. I like that one; it's not bad. But it's not my favorite. But neither here nor there. But TW, since you was talking about WWE's camera angles, we have to give homage to the camera angles, to the camera production of Fritz Von Erich, even though he was old in his ways. He was, you know, he was the old carny. He had, he was old school. He was working under the umbrella of the National Wrestling Alliance. He was trying to, you know take the NWA to the next level in the 80s. He thought that his brand, his presentation, his formula worked for the NWA. And uh, and eventually they had a party in the ways a year later, but we don't have to talk about that. But TW, talk about how innovative World Class is with what you just talked about with WWE, with their cameras and production. I get it confused all the time, but I'm
2: pretty sure it's World Class. A lot of people say, and we've talked about this in the show before, that TV production-wise, Fritz was ahead of everybody. Like, Fritz did something, and then Vince copied it, made it better. We always mm. have to add that. He made it yeah, better. But a lot of people think that if Fritz would have had Vince's business acumen, or at least someone with him that had it, World Class would be the one that had a WrestleMania. And this shows a perfect example. It confuses me, though, because it, it, for I'm looking at it, and I'm like... How are there people way up in the nosebleeds like at WrestleMania three? By the way, this is two years before WrestleMania III, So, mm. But how are there people up in the nosebleeds, and yet different camera goes, I'm like, there's nobody in that section. And I'm like, this is weird. Well, I finally figured it out. They didn't put the ring at the 50-yard line. They put it at, like, the 10-yard line, and they did it like a horseshoe. Like, mm-hmm. there were
1: no fans on that side other than on the ground. Yeah. By the way, it was premeditated that they they try to make it as a uh, fan friendly with the with the visual as possible inside. Right. Because
2: if you if you're if you're in the fifty yard line, then everyone's got a shitty seat, right? But if mm-hmm. you have it at the ten yard line, the people in the end zone, and even on the sides, there aren't as bad as when it's at the fifty. But it was weird to me because I didn't realize that until I figured it out on my own. Because I think they sold out the tickets that they allotted to sell out, because it was 30-something thousand people there, and Mm -hmm. all I kept thinking is, why why didn't they just put it in a fucking smaller building that held 40,000, like a baseball stadium, because then it would have at least looked full, because it looked like it wasn't a sellout
1: if you saw that angle that showed the whole side that didn't have fans. I can answer that question. I think I can answer that question. I mean, for Fritz Von Erich, knowing what he had in his... uh, in his uh, caravan of, of of misfits, if you will, he had the Von Erichs. He had Kerry. He had Kevin. He had Mike at the time. We'll talk. Let's just talk about '85 purposes. He had three Von Erichs that he knows that will get the girls coming into the building, no matter if it's Texas Stadium, the Sportatorium, the Cotton Bowl, or the the memorial the the Memorial Arena, the Dallas Memorial Arena. I remember that they used to do shows there. So pick your poison where they wanted to do this the the their shows he was guaranteed that at least let's just say 75 5 percent was going to be filled to to a capacity that he he could actually generate some money tw so i'm trying to answer that question two you know for the parade of champions i don't know you know again let's just do hindsight here tw i don't know if i want to make money off the death of my son this is not an event I want to I, I'm I want to honor my son. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to make a buck out of this and make it an annual event cuz it'll kind of hurt me. But I understood why Fritz wanted to do it. Technically, I thought his biggest event in world class was Star Wars, which is in December, like Thanksgiving or December. I forget which way they kind of did it, but it was it was around Thanksgiving or Christmas time. They did Star Wars around that time. So I don't know which one is bigger, but I guess you would have to say Parade of Champions was the premier event for world class because Fritz Moneric's son was the honor. You know, it was an honor to his memory and his legacy. What say you, T.W.? Yeah, I mean, 50-50. I understand what you're saying
2: about making a buck. You'd feel a little guilt off of it. But at the same token, token, it's a wrestling business. And if there's a way to make money, that's why you're in the business. But I think it's also a way to honor David forever because, you know, whether it sells or it doesn't sell, this show every year, my, my, I'm going to have a wrestling show in honor of my son every year. Obviously,
1: I don't think he knew the dominoes that were going to fall would fall. Cause, hold, but, hold your thought for a second. I'll, I just want to put for logistics in comparison to the 84 parade to, to the 85 parade. Eighty-four parade, I believe forty thousand attended because it was the first one, of course. Right. Thirty thousand, so you lost ten thousand. So maybe it hurt, you know. Maybe fans was like, I don't know. I don't. I don't want right. to, you know, cheapen the memory of David Bonner. So go ahead, TW. I just wanted no, to no, point a- that out.
2: Absolutely, but also eighty-five or eighty-four, it wasn't. If it was in May, it wasn't long after he died, so it almost was a funeral for him, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the fucking Von Eriks in Texas were bigger than Jerry Lawler in Memphis, and Jerry Lawler became the fucking mayor, so you know how big that... And they were big in all of Texas, not just Denton, you know, mm-hmm. not just Dallas. The Von Ericks went any... They had their cartoon. The WWE had a cartoon on National. The Von Ericks had one just in Texas, right? The Von Ericks cartoon... They were like Donnie and Marie's family or whatever, but of Texas. The Osmonds. So, the Osmonds. So they were absolutely over in Texas. And I, 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 I think, personally, I think 10,000 of those people didn't come back for the second one is because, aesthetically, it probably sucked to be there because it was all the way at the end. You know what I mean? The, there were people still way the fuck up in the top of the, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, that's where I was for WrestleMania 3, but I didn't care. I was happy to be there. Like I said, and I've been to one winter classic at the big house of U of M for the Red Wings. I don't ever need to go to another winter classic again because it sucked because it was snowing. My pants were wet from the snow melting on them, and it was just a rough day. It was like a 12-hour day because of the weather, right? If I could go to one and you could tell me it's going to be 29, 30 degrees all day and no snow or ice on the roads, and I just had to deal with traffic for a little bit. Because it took us an hour and a half to get there. It took us four hours to get home because everyone left at the same time. And it was shitty weather. So I don't ever need to go to another Winter Classic again. At least not in 110,000-seat stadium, right? So um, maybe these people went to this football stadium, and that's why I brought it up. Like, if you do this now in the Dallas Stars Stadium, 30,000, it it probably would hold 30,000 when you cover the ice and put the ring on the floor and add the extra thousand seats on the floor, you know, 250 per, uh, per side. Um, so there's that, but, but I, I still think, I mean, I'm mad. Then they stopped doing the May young classic. They had like two of them and then they quit. Like, yeah. I, I, I like the heritage of things like that, you know, like, like you and I, what's what think of a tournament when we were kids that you wish was still going around now. It is, but it's just a different name. And I don't even know if they did that one. No, they didn't do that one because, uh mxk won it uh what's the, the what's the classic. tournament right the but what did that what did that branch off from what is the tournament the jim crockett We're, the jim crockett promotional tag team tournament and that thing was a beauty because that's when you put like dusty and nikita formed a tag team for it uh sting and luger formed a tag team for it like people that weren't mm-hmm. tag teams teamed up in it and the Dusty Classic did that a couple times with Tomasa Ciampa and Samoa Joe teaming up. Like, guys who normally don't team up together. That's a concept I would love to see come back. Um, but, I, like, as much as I like NXT, obviously I like 1.0 better than 2.0. Um, but I would like to see uh, Triple H. I think he's a guy. He got trained by Killer Kowalski. So, going forward, I could see him bringing stuff like that back. Like, making Starcade. A pay-per-view, not a one-annual thing in North Carolina. So with this stuff, with world-class, I just think it would have been so much better in a smaller building that ha- held the same amount of people. Like, if you're not going to do the whole football stadium, why do it? Just like that Larry Zimbisco versus Bruno I, I at it's Stadium. The,
1: it, but it's the, it's the logic, T.W. I remember in the 80s, it wasn't, a, it wasn't like Fritz von Erich cared like, visually that if you was watching this, you saw empty seats. He just wanted you to see, you know, a bunch of people. He wanted to hear screaming. It was in a Anything stadium. Like the, but that's the thing: the, the the screaming doesn't carry like it does in an arena. No, I know it but, leaves. But again, it's just the ambiance and the 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 environment that it is in a football stadium. And you still had thirty thousand, give or take. It still no, it's no still it decent. was still a success. But I'm just saying,
2: as a fan, if I'm in that third fucking row up at the top. High
1: five in the moon and the sun, depending on what time it is. I'm not going again. Well, maybe Fritz von Erich should have did his due diligence and said to those people up there to move them down to have an appearance that it looked bigger, without right. you know, without roll out up. roll out those those stands that are portable, so you can right. make
2: it all four sides. Like because right. that's what they did when the Pistons played the Silver Dome. Mm-hmm. They put a wall up. They actually cut the thing in half. And Monsters of Rock band tour was there, mm-hmm. and while the Monsters of Rock concert was going on, the Pistons were practicing for the playoff game against the Celtics on the other side of it, like right. it was all, it was closed off, separated. So if you did something like that, and then then it looks visually better to me. And again, I still I don't oh, think they could have moved those people hindsight. down. This is
1: hindsight. Right. This is already well, for well sure. done. For sure. So. Either for sure. way, e- either way, we're talking about this. For the record, I
2: don't Uh think, I think that stuff was right place, right time. I don't think that stuff, even in Texas, would do that today. I don't, I don't think it would be, you know, like, say Stone Cold was just in Texas. Mm -hmm. He would have to have been in WWE and then
1: went back for it to be that big, right? So... Um, well, think about it this way. I, you had WrestleMania in Texas, and you needed a big Texas name. You had Undertaker, or you had Austin. So you, you pick your no, boys. No. And, I, with, I don't uh, mean that. I mean
2: a, I mean a world-class only being popular in Texas. Oh. I, don't, I don't think that's popular anymore. Like, once once you become popular, you're going to grow or you're going to die, right? Like, ECW was huge in Philadelphia, and then when they started going further out for whatever, I think if ECW did that today— ECW would be bigger than ever because the internet would have helped them. It was it was too early in the internet to help ECW along. It's still tape trading days back then. But, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It was the, the weirdest part of all of it for me, shittiest part, is the fucking fact that it looked like they just ran to Home Depot, rounded up all the dudes standing outside looking for work, and said, grab as many plywood fucking planks as you can. We got to cover the whole fucking football field. And Bobby Eaton took some fucking bumps on them damn boards, and they moved and flopped around. I'm surprised people
1: didn't roll their ankles on it. It was terrible. Well, you know this is the southern wrestling territories, TW. They, they want that. that. That's the visual right there of, of hard, gritting competition action like that. But before we even I talk about five. certain matches, before we talk about certain matches, let's talk about what we saw. That The other visual part. This was a two-ring parade of champions event. Now, again, I give props to the Southern Wrestling territories because they are not afraid to experiment. TW ladder matches, right. Skywalker matches, scaffold matches, uh, and you know they'll do you know fire matches if they wanted to. They do they do like uh, lights out matches, Low ropes. So it wasn't Texas sur- Death. Texas Death, but well, of course, but that's a that's a. That's tradition, like you just said. It's a tradition if you have a Texas death match or a Texas bowl roll match, whichever the case may be. But it wasn't surprising to the professor. It shouldn't be surprising to any reflection reflectionite that you would see the two rings here on a southern wrestling territory, let alone world class. But my only problem, TW, was, again, being jaded like I am, and I'm thinking about it in 2020 deuce terms. In hindsight, what are you going to do with two rings? Now again, we can talk about every match if you want to, but the problem I had, this is I, this was a gimmick to put two rings for the parade of champions. So maybe Fritz Von Erich took a gamble, saying, "All right, one one ring is good for you know for the purposes of Texas Stadium. I put two rings. Maybe I can get fifty thousand because then I I can put action in one side of the ring, and you know on the left side where half the half the crowd on that side could see better, and then. You know the other side can see whatever the case may be. I think that was the gift. That was the gamble, because when you do two rings, TW, what are you what are you expecting to see? War games. You expecting to see some kind of gimmick match? But TW, the matches that we saw, and we're not going to talk about the whole event uh, reflection Ice. We're only going to talk about the main ca- crust of the card of the parade of champions here. But the matches that I saw, TW, and you saw that I told you to see. You could fight in both rings. It made no goddamn sense. What say you, T.W. Well, to be fair, fair, every match except for one,
2: the participants were in the main match. Mm -hmm. It was a, it was three singles matches, with the guys in it were also, or was it just two? It was Kerry versus One Man Gang. There was Michael versus Rip Oliver. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin versus Flair, but Flair. This is what I didn't
1: understand. The chronological order of it. No, they they, uh, they the the main event was Kevin and Flair. Not and it was a double main event. They were first, and then the what you would call it that twelve man tag team was the official But not in main the event. video. Not in the yeah, video. The video. Don't worry about the video. I'll tell you what it this is.
2: is. This is why I had the question. Flair was supposed to be in that hell. That eighteen thousand Flair probably went. Uh, I'm sorry, no. I'm not doing that match because it was chaos. But those other matches, they might have did something that ended up in there. But the only other match that was in both rings was Fantastics vs. Midnight Express. And it wasn't necessarily in both rings. They just announced the match can take place in
1: both rings. Like, it was allowed. Um, Well, we'll, let's talk about the Fantastics and the Midnight Express. Now, T.W., Well, it's a great finish, but let me just give a let me let me kind of like give a little abbreviated on this one because again, this is one of the greatest Texas feuds in the history of professional wrestling. TW the Fantastics and the Midnight Express. This was for the vacated NWA America's Tag Team Championships. Now here's the kicker: Jim Cornette, of course, for months is costing the Fantastics, getting on the Fantastics. Uh, bad size or whatever the case may be. So they wanted to even the playing field. What do you do, TW? You add a seven foot country bumpkin named Little John. Not the Little <laughs> John that you know, like, yeah. No, not that one. This is this little John in a seven foot, 400 <laughs> pounds, and he is sitting. He's not handcuffed to Jim Cornette, TW. He's just sitting right next to Jim Cornette to make sure that, you know, law and order is preserved. That you know, equal fair fairness is preserved. Now, again, you said that both the uh, the you could do both actions in both rings, but initially that match, Bobby Fulton faced Bobby Eaton on the left side of the ring, and Dennis Condry and Tommy Rogers faced them faced each other on the right side of the ring. So that's how it initially started. Go ahead, T.W. You want to talk about this match?
2: Right. But that's what I'm saying. They they announced that it
1: can take place in both and it did, but I'm saying it wasn't necessarily. But that kind of messes up the, the, the maybe the traditions and the rules because you're adding this gimmick with no reasoning. You're not used no, well, to it. No, but you you're also shitting
2: on the main event. Because no, true too. Like 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 holy fuck, you can't can you believe I'm gonna compliment AEW. I'm about to. AEW oh, blood and guts. I told the guy that I went with, he's a wrestling fan, but he's not from the wrestling business. I says, you watch, somebody is going to do spots in both rings. I go, but not everybody. And sure as shit, who was the somebody? The Young Bucks. And they didn't do it until Rampage, except for it was the same night. So Tony Khan got it right. By, by only letting them stay in one ring, it saves the two ring – for the purpose that it's there for, the Blood and Guts match, right? Mm-hmm. So then Young Buck's doing it on the Rampage to the fan who's not live there. It looks like it's two days later and it's not outshining Blood and Guts because it happened after Blood and Guts. You, you get me? Yeah, I get you. And and I did say this. And I'm like, how are they going to make an excuse for them being two rings in, in Rampage when it's... You know, supposed to be two days later. And I love that they came up with that. I don't like the name of it. Uh, Royal Rampage. Rampage. Royal, Royal Rampage, because it sounds like Royal Rumble. should have been Rampage Royal um, to me. Or Battle Rampage instead of Battle Royal. Um, you stickler, so, you're a stickler for it. No, I just want them to have their own name shit. You know what I mean? Like, Rampage Rumble sounds like they're ripping it off. I didn't like that they, and this is how that match was for this world class, I didn't like that the... the the participants had to stay in their ring. I, I wish somebody would have got backdrop into the other one and cleared mm-hmm. both ropes and end up in that battle royal, Right. So I, that, I, and I think they will do that going forward now that they've done it once, obviously everybody's perfections. They're going to tweak it, make it better, whatever. Um, so I, I think by having the Fantastics do that, you're right. You're absolutely right. It shits on the concept of tag team wrestling, but it also, Oh, so we've already seen four guys in both rings. Big fucking deal, and what it did do is those guys didn't look so bad going one-on-one, and then later on, you got six against six, you know, and it's, well, three against three and three against three at the exact same time. It, that, it gave people bipolar syndrome in that mm-hmm. match, you know, because right. you didn't know where to look, and Kerry Von night- Eric got absolutely fucking killed by somebody in there right wait, before wait, the wait, final wait. fall.
1: L- let's let's stay on how good you, actually you just said you love love the Fantastic and the Midnight Express. So I just wanna keep focused keep yeah. focus on that because again I'll give the I'll give the devil it's due. I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna give an excuse for Vince Von Eric. I'm gonna give an excuse for world class with the double ring here at least. Especially in the eighties. I'm not saying that they were the first to do it, but let's just say when you're trying out new things, when you're trying to think out the box maybe the traditionalist in me says, well, what are you doing? I mean, you got you to gotta make it make sense. You know what I mean, T.W.? You have to make right. everything make sense. And like you said, you, 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 you notice those nuances in other matches, especially the six-on-six the on six one, but, which we'll talk about later. But, T.W., go ahead with the Fantastic and the Midnight Express. What caught your eye with that match? Because, again, once I saw Little John, I was, I was like, oh, my God. Why? I, I why couldn't him? believe
2: he was a face." Like, didn't you think he was just, like, Big Bubba with Jim Cornette? Like, when I saw him, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And I'm like, whoa, what? He's with the Fantastics? I'm like, that's weird. But what was cool for me is huge Fantastics fan. I, I like Fantastics definitely better than this version of the Midnight Express, but probably just as much as I like Stan and Bobby. Because uh, you love Bobby and Fulton. We know this. We The 12 of us know this. T- <laughs> Tommy Rogers. Tommy Rogers is my name. I actually was a bigger Tommy Rogers fan when I was a fantastic fan, and I got to meet both of them. So that's kind of cool. Um, friends with one of them. Like you said, you know, my butt hanging give his real name. But anyways, um, for, for me, I didn't know the Midnight Express were in, t- in world class at all. When I saw Jim Cornette, I'm like, oh, but I realized this is 85. That's that's like
1: probably well, remember. Uh- <clears throat> remember the NWA syndicate, Mid-South, is still part of the NWA World-class oh, yeah. is still part of the NWA. And then they go to the Carolinas. So they could go from, from right. one territory to I just, another territory I the personally NWA bubble.
2: Had, I personally had no memories of it. Also, only because someone recently posted probably on our page or your page, um, the night the Freebirds and, um, Fanta- Freebirds and Von Erich's friendship ended or union ended. And it was that mm-hmm. cage match with uh, Ric Flair when Jerry yeah. Gordy. That no, was Star the Wars
1: 82. So, 82? 82 or 83? Kerry In 83? Yeah. So they must have made
2: amends for this match? Because I'm watching 85. See, you, you keep going for the other match. I'm trying to give you the credence of the Fantastics. We'll talk about them. Don't give me. i have going to no, set no, that up. No, I'm saying, like, this: the, the Fantastics, I knew they were in world class. I don't think for long, because they were UWF, and they were probably Mid-South and um, before that, and, and Memphis. Um, but I had no idea the Midnight Express were there. So And, and then the Von Erics teaming with the Freebirds was weird to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is before the fallout. But now you're telling me the fallout was three years earlier, two years yes. earlier. Yes. So see? So here's here's the cool thing. What I was telling you earlier, I had a situation with my daughter. I took it to urgent. So I didn't think I was going to time to watch the hour and 27-minute version that you had given me. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I watched the 37-minute version on the Peacock, which started with one-man gang versus Carrie and ended with that fucking 12-man debacle, right? Mm -hmm. But that was their weekly TV show condensed down. It was almost the exact same show, but only 37 minutes. And so um, what I decided to do, I don't know if I will, but they have world-class on the Peacock listed as seasons, and you can go back. Season 4 is 85. Season Mm -hmm. three is 84 season two is whatever. Yes. So you can actually go back
1: and And you can watch. Yeah.
2: You can watch it weekly. Like you're watching Monday night raw. And I don't know how long I'm going to do that before saying, okay, this is way better idea in my head than than in reality. But I, I, I want to do that with a Monday night raw. Actually, I want to do that with nitro, not for our show, just for me, because it'd be way too hard to fucking keep it continuous on our show. Um, I want to go back and watch the Nitros that I didn't watch when I chose my side, right, when I was mm-hmm. wrestling and really didn't watch either one of them. And I want to go back and watch Nitro, Thunder, Saturday night. Nitro, Thunder, Saturday night. Then watch the pay-per-view and feel, see how it feels building up now compared to how it felt back then. So I saw that world-class, and I thought, man, I'm going to give that a shot, right? But I didn't even know Kerry was around in 82, 83.
1: Of course he was. I thought he came around Prince, like 84, 85. No, Prince was pipping out his boys that early, at an early age. It was David that was supposed to be the, the champion first, and he was so <laughs> close, and Kerry wasn't like a uh, – he was kind of iffy. He was on the fence of trying to get – be full gauge with professional wrestling, but I think David's death kind of forced him into to the wrestling right. bubble because, again, Kerry wanted to be a, an Olympian. I remember that much. She wanted to be in the '84 Olympic team, but neither here nor there. But with the the with the Fantastics Midnight Express match, and we'll put a bow on this. The Fantastics win the NWA America's Tag Team Championships. I I, I love that it's the America's Tag Team Championships, not the World Tag Team Championships, because again, U.S. U.S. Tag belts—they're bringing it back. Yeah, the NWA the well Billy Corgan's NWA, uh, NWA yeah. is bringing that back, but. You know what's funny, T.W., with the America's Tag Team Champions, they, they rarely appeared in the Carolinas. So this was basically a Texas title. So no matter what, they never really traveled to, the, to Jim Crockett's territory to defend the America's title. And if they did, it was not on TV because I guess that TBS wouldn't have allowed it or maybe Jim Crockett didn't want to allow it. But what say about the finish of the Fantastis winning this match? Because Little John had his, had his moment in the sun, if you will. I think it's botched because Dennis
2: clearly pinned Fulton before Tommy Rogers pinned Bobby. Mm-hmm. Clearly. And I think they're supposed to do it at the same time, and that's why the draw goes to the Fantastics, makes the
1: fans leave happy. But God bless look, those referees. Th- those referees suck, and I'm usually a connoisseur of being the They both look like Rock and Roll Buck Zumhoff and Scott
2: McGee's love child. Like
1: that's a great one of,
2: one of the one that looked like rock and roll. Buck Zumhof was like something Manning or something. Rick Manning, but, Rick Manning, but he he overruled Scott McGee saying no, they won. He's like okay, and I'm like what? I'm like dude, Dennis Condry pinned Bobby Fulton three full seconds before Bobby Eaton got pinned by Tommy Rogers. Like they weren't even in position for the roll up yet, and then he counted. So the other referees up and watching him count. And then says, "No, they won." But I think their reasoning was was Cornette caused Bobby Fulton to get pinned, so like, no, that don't count. This one does because he rolled them up, even though Big John helped him, and that was the whole redemption because Cornette did it to Bobby, and he did it to the other Bobby. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was Bob, Bobby takes the bump night, but uh, but uh, I, it, it was confusing. I I thought for sure. When they gave the belts to Midnights and they celebrated and the other referee's like, no, and he gave them to the Fantastics, I thought the other referee was going to like, fuck you, my call counts, and they were just going to be held up. I did not think that the fucking Fantastics were walking out of there with them belts. And I just thought, oh, man, that's, thank God for that, not having instant replay back then.
1: Um, You know, because how do you justify this? Well, let me just say this: It was a staple in NWA lore that the referees kind of like were part of the story. Like one referee can out, like outrule the other referee, correct the referee's mistake, say this is what I saw from my vantage point, and then the crowd goes crazy because then you know the good guys triumph after that. You know what I mean, TW? So it does. I I used to miss. I kind of miss that kind of a booking, but again, we're too smart for it, and it just right. We, we won't accept it right now. It's kind of like stupid, stupid booking now. I, I don't know why, but again, it is what it is for dumb dumbed down. Yeah, we've dumbed it down people, so much that we can't even people,
2: accept it. People are afraid to try new shit because they're afraid it's going to get shit on. Right? Because of the critics. Like Kevin Nash, this week, he says two different things. Shocked the fuck out of me with the second one. But he talked about how AWA sounds dated. So, of course you knew... Uh, What's that dude that literally has a fucking umbilical cord of a dick in his mouth from J.D. Vieira or whatever? Is that the guy who comes after you on there? Oh, he, no, uh, that's Jojo. Jojo. Like, ah, Brock Lepp, blah, ha, ha. Well, that That's why I just wrote at the end ha, 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 that this didn't age well because, you know, and, of course, everyone's, oh, come after him like you did the other two. And I was waiting for it. If you didn't show him, like, Uh, when they draw the money Brock Lesnar draws, then you can go ahead and draw comparisons. But until they do, they're going to handle him a little differently. Um, Now, if Matt Riddle left, it'd be good riddance, motherfucker. You know, I love Matt Riddle, but he ain't Brock Lesnar money, right? So, Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, Kevin Nash said AEW seemed dated, because it does. Whether you want to admit it or not, it does. It comes across. He said Thunder, I think Nitro. But then he said... This isn't your granddad's wrestling anymore. He thinks Orange Cassidy is brilliant. I disagree. 152 million percent.
1: And he also thought... He's in a quiet or, taste that even I don't like, so it is what it is. Right.
2: I like that he doesn't do that the whole match, because that's what my interpretation of it was. Like The whole match was that. And after seeing him live, he's over. People like him. The Putting his hands in his pocket, if we're being fair and honest... It's no different than putting on Sacco or Santino's snake. It's 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 comedy, but it's
1: uh, and people like it. So do no, it, but right? no, but what you're saying is something new. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying that this is something no, 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 traditional no, 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 no. that the referees did back in the '80s but, but that you can't do in 2022 because it can today work. because today they got their own shit.
2: But Wardlow selling to Orange Cassidy is what we're watching right now. That that people. Who are AW fans were like, oh Warlow should have killed them, but those same people would bitch about Goldberg squashing people. You know what I mean? So you can't, you can't win everybody. You can't,
1: of course not. Of course.
2: And, and I'm stunned that Kevin Nash put that over instead of going like, but but, you know what? Kevin did say he personally doesn't like it, but he understands that other people do, and that's that's what's missing in today's fandom. We watched world-class we watched world championship wrestling we watched wwf we watched all of it and professor we accepted it we we might have loved it we might have hated it but we accepted it we didn't try to rewrite the shit and then the next week if it was something following something we didn't like we mm-hmm. hoped it was redemption for the guys that we thought should have won getting their redemption and we built for that now Everyone wants to fucking have a spoon and stir in the fucking pot instead of just sit back and enjoying it. And because of us doing this show, that's what NXT was for me. I could just sit down and enjoy it. I, threw my, I wasn't a critic anymore. I was like, I fucking like these guys. You was a and fan. I just watched them. I was yeah, a fan a- again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't tell you. I like a lot of people. I do. But I don't mm-hmm. – there's two – and you know them. There's two – People, but one of them is Peoples, that I buy merch for, and you know who they are. I'm putting you on the spot. But Cole who like, and Gargano. Boom, boom. Boom. You nailed it. And, and I'm an actual fan of both, right? And Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and Bobby – or Roddy Strong. I probably wouldn't be Roddy, Kyle, and Bobby Fish fans if not for Adam Cole. But because of Adam Cole, all, all, Undisputed Era is probably my favorite faction of all time already. Just – because oh, they did something nobody else did. We know your, love, 12, no, your no. love
1: for the undes- but no, no,
2: but I'm just saying, I just sat and watched it. Just like you and I are going back memory lane, and we're talking about the stuff that we actually fucking like. Yeah, we're critiquing it, but we didn't back then. Back then, we just watched it. And we're like, fuck, maybe Chris Adams will get him next time, right? We didn't
1: think, fuck, all you're doing is with him out. No. He's never going to get over. 85, I'm 8 years old. I'm looking at this and I said, oh, this is new. This is interesting. I want to see where, where this goes. I'm not yes. saying that this is, you know, I'm not talking about traditions. I'm not talking about all oh, the rules. I'm not talking about anything, but it is what I'm the professor right now. This is 2020 deuce. That's what I'm saying right now. I'm right. being honest and I'm being objective. So now let's talk about the crust of the, of the, of not, I'm going to call it the pay-per-view, but this once-in-a-lifetime event, you could say, or traditional event for David Von Eric's memory. We gotta talk about the value of the Von Eriks. Uh Mike Von Erich, Kevin Von Eric, and Kerry Von Erich. They all have their own matches in this uh event, if you will, TW. So we don't have to, you know, we could talk about each weird. one. Just weird <laughs> and the way that video presents you know, it. And then the and then we'll talk about the main event last. But let's just talk about the value of what the Von Eric is. Uh, of the Von Eric name is you just said it yourself. They had their own cartoons, they had their own commercials, they had their own burger joints. They had Texas lockdown. They, they locked down Six Flags over uh, Texas, whatever the, the case may be. Girl, and again, you hear it in the event. What do you hear in a Von Eric match? Girls creaming in their pants. You don't hear that <laughs> in AEW. You don't hear that in NXT. You don't hear that you in hear, WWE. No, you hear guys screaming in their panties in AEW. But go ahead. Well, well you hear guys screaming <laughs> in their pants for acknowledge, the acknowledgement of Roman Reigns, too. So neither here nor there. But either okay. way, women are going crazy for the Von Erichs, And Fritz Von knows that he has something with these tiger beat, hot-body young guys, TW. And again... He I knows think- he has a fan and the professor for life. Go ahead. No, uh, shut up. But anyway, <laughs> T.W. Before we talk about the, let's not talk about that six six on six debacle first. Let's talk about the Kevin Von Erich versus Rick Flair. Let's talk about Kerry Von Erich versus One Man Gang. And I don't really care about Mike Von Erich against uh, Rip Oliver. That's kind of that was kind of like the uh, the opening heater match because you know, so the the women's panties get. You know, a little creamy. But it, let's talk about Kerry and One Man Gang because that was actually, like you said, if you was going to watch World Class weekly during the 85 season, they were fighting each other. Fritz Von Erich had issues with Gary Hart. And Kerry Von Erich, you know, fought for the honor of Fritz Von Erich. And this match had two stipulations. If One Man Gang won, he got a one-on-one match after his match against Kerry Von Erich with Fritz Von Erich. So that meant he got five minutes or 10 minutes to squash the hell out of Fritz Von Erich. On the flip side, if Kerry Von Erich won, then Gary Hart would have his head shaved bald, just like T.W. right here. So, T.W., you got the stipulation there. And, again, we could talk about the two rings. It kind of, like, defeats the... You know the funny thing? I looked at this this whole event, T.W., Sometimes I felt it. I was watching a Mandela effect because the way the camera angles were, it felt like there was no two rings. It felt like it was stationary. It was like, how the hell did they get that second ring there? It what? felt like it was one ring and fucking the, the second ring just popped up out of, out of thin air. But that's just me. But T.W., Kerry Von Erich, of course, was the golden boy after David Von Erich passed away. God rest his soul. Kerry Von Erich was supposed to be Hulk Hogan. Kerry Von Eric was supposed to be Dusty Rhodes. He had all the he had the looks, the charisma, and you can look at this match against One Man Gang. It's like Hogan going up against Kamala, Hogan going up against Andre, Hogan going up against One Man Gang. It's your hero going up against this monster, and he overtakes the monster with a little help from his father. What so? What say you about the visuals of Kerry Von Eric and One Man Gang? I actually thought um, like.
2: One-Man Gang as Hakeem. Hey, you know, I bet you if I saw that back, too, he was in much better shape than I thought he was, right? Like, I always pictured him as King Kong Bundy with a mohawk. And mm-hmm. his WWE figure is ginormous with the je- jean jacket on and all that. But because in UWF, Dr. Death pressed him in the steel cage match. I think it was when he won the world title from Dr. Death, One-Man Gang. Um, Dr. Death, you looking? Mm-hmm. Doctor, that did this twice, and he was just a massive of humanity. Are you laughing at my shit? <laughs> yes. He he was a mass of humanity, but here, this actually looks like two bulls fighting each other. Like he didn't make Kerry look small. He made Kerry look big because he's big, and Kerry didn't look minor to him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like Michael would have looked small versus him. Kevin probably would have looked small next to him. Uh,
1: but Kerry, um, it, it was it was it was it. It was some body. That's why I said he, uh, he's the Ho- he's the Hogan of yeah, the bunch right. here. He's the Dusty of the bunch. He, and know, I like
2: that he went for body slams. And again, this is two years before WrestleMania three, so he's doing the Hogan Andre with the One Man Gang. Um, and then well, when he
1: carry had a ha, had a litany of slams. He slammed Bundy. He slammed Kamala. He slammed One Man Gang. So it wasn't. Why did Andre or. the
2: Giant in the house show too, bro? Did. People used to slam. No, now Andre was a baby face, so it probably wasn't Andre. But yeah, but yeah, Kerry Car- was John Cena before him, and then he lost his foot. I can't <laughs> help.
1: I looked at him like, this is before he lost his foot. But Yo, you, just, dude, you, just, you just add that zinger there, and you're just trying to go straight. You're trying to do the straight man face. Give me dude, a But Listen to me. No, it made me sad. <laughs> this man right here,
0: mm-hmm. this
2: man. If he didn't die in 1993, and he went on to bigger, better fucking things in the WWE, he might be on par with the Ultimate Warrior to me, because I absolutely loved him. We all know my favorite team of all time from Survivor Series, Warrior, Kerry, and the Road Warriors. It's it's awesome. And then the second best team ever is across the ring from them, Demolition and Mr. Perfect. I don't know how Perfect gets in there, but he is. But it's it's and it's called the perfect team three three force or demolition and it's called the perfect team that's how good Kurt was but uh absolute uh carry Von Eric, man I just uh, I get sad every time I see him because he he, ha- he accomplished shit but he still is untapped potential to me because he could have been so much more and as I'm watching this match I know it's pre foot injury and I can't help but think. Is the foot the reason he got all hopped up on the drugs? Because he was constantly in pain. I read it all the time. He did cocaine because he couldn't get the fucking prescription drugs without going to jail. That's what he was going to jail for, by the way, when he killed himself. But mm-hmm. I heard he was a partier all along. And that remember how Davy Boy and, and Bret Hart had their match in Wembley? And everybody's like, it's going to suck because Davey Boy's hammered for, three, for a week, went missing in England or whatever. And then he showed up. They say that is how Kerry was on a regular basis. That he Blair he said just it,
1: like, he just wasn't trustworthy. So it, it is what he, it is.
2: He's the son that got in the business because he felt like he had to, not because he wanted to. I don't. I think Kerry enjoyed it when he was in the ring, but I think it was a job to him, not a passion. Whereas Kevin, it was clearly a passion for him. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 just sad. But I I I can't watch Kerry and I get sad because I'm telling you, man, that dude. He
1: was just – he's Travolta. He looks like Travolta. Can can you explain the hypocrisy of Texas, even though I I, kind of actually know the answer myself because I've seen it because with uh, Jerry Lawler and how dumb Memphis people are. It's almost like, you know, sheep Texas people. They accept heels going over strong with Fritz Von Erich cheating for Kerry Von Erich to win. Right? It's not right. It's not morally right. It's not ethically right. No, it's not. It's because –
2: Gary Hart tripped Gary first when he did the body slam. That's why that body slam looks so awkward. He had him up in the air. and Gary Hart tripped him. And so it's redemption. It is. It's it's what's good for the goose good is good for it the gander. Is redemption game.
1: or revenge? It's, it's,
2: it's kind of different. Eh, I guess it's, it's come up is what it is. Okay. Like you tried and failed and I succeeded. So I, I, I wouldn't say there. I, I think if Fritz did it without Gary doing it, then, yeah, mm-hmm. they're fucking hypocrites. They're like we, we discuss this a million times. Hulk Hogan was a fucking heel. That guy did eye gouges, back rakes, fucking noogies to the head as a face, and the crowd ate it up. But if the Iron
1: Sheik rakes your back, boo, boo,
2: you some bitch.
1: But that's hypocrites. But that—that's the tradition that you and I, you know, we just love. I just like I just I just wanted to point that out. That's all it is. Yeah, I don't think it's exclusive to Texas either. It's it's rustic fans. Yes, yes, you are. 100% 100% right on that. So let's talk about Kevin Von Erich, who got an opportunity to, uh, you know, carry the legacy of David Von Erich as he challenged for the NWA championship against the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. With a caveat twist, TW, if Flair got counted out or disqualified, he was going to lose the heavyweight championship of the world. And again, like I, like you was talking about watching a season of uh, world class in 85, Kevin Von Erich had multiple chances at the NWA Championship in the Sportatorium, and he always won the match by either countout or disqualification. So it came to fruition that it was in Texas Stadium. It came to fruition that it was the David Von Erich second annual Parade of Champions. So it would be apropos for another Von Erich to capitalize on the biggest stage, if you will, TW. But lo and behold. It ends in a double count out. But now, as we talked about Kerry Von Erich being the Dusty Rhodes uh, and the Hulk Hogan of the Von Erich uh tree, family tree, Kevin Von Erich would you say is like the Bret Hart, the, the Shawn Michaels of the Von Erick tree, where he could have the technical matches, he can match you hole for hole, or he can match you strike for strike, because a lot of people said that Kevin Von Erich was one of the heaviest strikers in the Von Erich family. What say you, TW, about this particular match here? I feel like, and I fast-forwarded through a lot of it, I'll be honest,
2: but I, <laughs> stopped, I stopped when I saw spots. Mm-hmm. Kevin was fucking up often. And you could see it in Flair's face, like, what the fuck? Right, like, it looked like Flair was trying to do that spot in the corner where he gets slammed by every single person he's ever wrestled. Mm -hmm. And then Kevin came in too late. So Flair just jumped down and then Kevin picked him up anyway. And then Flair raked his eyes and fell to the floor. But I feel like Flair wasn't in it. Like, like from remember how I told you when a champion comes out, I try to read their body language to see if they're winning or losing a belt. I think we all know, definitely in hindsight, I think the fans were hopeful for a different result. I think we all knew Flair wasn't going to just lose this belt to Yvonne Eric every year on the anniversary of David's death. So you almost knew Kevin wasn't winning that belt. And so, putting the stipulation in there that if he gets counted out, after watching him win by countout a million times, people are like, yeah! That's your hypocrisy. Do I want my idol winning his first world title by countout? That's garbage. That's Bush League. I want a pin. I want a claw submission. I don't want no damn countout victory. But, they're frustrated because he keeps winning matches by countout. But Flair looks so disinterested, it wasn't the normal flair. It was not the fun flair, if you will. Like mm-hmm. that's the cool thing about watching Flair wrestle. Like his ah, you know, those when he wrestles Luger, Sting, Nikita, Animal, Hawk, whatever. He he just makes you laugh while he's getting his ass kicked because it's fun. And then he does the little spot where he takes the face bump. I just feel like Flair was not into this, and that's when I thought this is going sixty-minute time limit because I forgot that the one-man gang uh, carry match. I had watched on the network. I didn't realize it was on last after this. So I thought that whole last hour, I'm like, so he's probably in there going, I can't believe I got to do an hour with this asshole. And it just, Kevin didn't look good to me at all, at all. And, and, and then the finish, the finish wasn't explained very good to me by the commentators, but if you overheard Kevin and Carrie and Mike in the corner before Fritz came in with that bullshit, microphone stuff, and the crowd popped for it. I'm not going to say it. I'll let you say it after you do the match finish. But you can understand what was happening because the
1: Von Erichs lost their shit. Yeah. Well, basically, the finish is they both went to the floor. Kevin was trying to get back into the ring. Flair played defense. He stayed – you know, he held them outside the ring, so it right. ended in a double countout. Kevin got pissed and put the iron claw on Rick Flair – would not let go. The referee, Rick uh, Rick Manning, tried to get him off. Kerry, Mike, tried to get him off. And then, you know, I was waiting for Mama uh, Von Erich to try to get uh, <laughs> Kevin Von Erich off, but she wasn't there. So it took Papa Fritz to get Kevin off. And, of course, like you said, Fritz put the got on the mic and said how proud he was of Kevin. And, you know, I think that was kind of a – I'm looking at this again in hindsight, T.W., so – Go with me on this analogy. I think this was a shoot because, again, we know a year later that world class would break away from the NWA syndicate friendship or partnership, whatever the case you want to call it, TW. So right. you already know Fritz was frustrated with probably this this booking here. Last year he got, you know, Kerry to get the title. Maybe, like you said, in his mind, maybe, maybe he thought of, thinking like this, maybe Fritz expected to get this, get this win again. You know, Kevin was going to get this chance because at least in his mind, Kevin would have been more business oriented. Kevin would have been like, he'll make the dates in the Carolinas. He'll make the dates in Tokyo, Japan. He'll make the dates in Mexico. He's not going to fuck you over. He's not going to fuck over the NWA bell. He's not, he's not Carrie. Kevin was business oriented. Kevin was what you said. He wanted to do. He wanted to be in this business. Like you said, Kerry was, he was glad to, you know, he was glad to do it, but his passion wasn't in it. Kevin's right. passion was in it. So he didn't get the chance. So maybe Fritz felt frustrated for his son. What's the UTW? Well, then he should have had fucking
2: Kevin win the year before because you can't have two years in a row, the Von Eric boy win the world title from Ric Flair on the Von Eric Memorial. I know I agree, especially in an era when you still are selling it as real. It, that if not if if anything ever looks scripted, it would be annual fucking Von Eric world title wins on the Von Eric memorial against Ric Flair. And it's just it's you can't do it. Like have have Flair defend against fucking Gino Hernandez instead, and then somebody might think, oh yeah, he might win, you know? Because but you can't. It, that, I, as soon as I saw Kevin was wrestling Flair, I went, you, you can't do it because in the one man gang match. They kept referring to Kerry as the former world champion, so I already knew this was after he won the world title. And I'm like, you,
1: everyone should know that Kevin's not winning it. You know, next year going to be Mike. Kevin, and then- Kevin is Kevin is not NWA championship material. He's oh. he's Texas championship material, not a world championship material, in my humble opinion. Not a disrespect to Kevin Von Erich because I like him. Uh-huh. I like his boys, Lance Von Erich, and uh, you know. He's a nice guy
2: too. He's he's such a humble man on top of it. And I wish maybe he would have got a world title, but I you know well, what I think you know he kn- did. World title you know was a heavy You don't know wear you don't wear boots and knee pads, you don't get over, bro. That's just the way it is. It
1: well, was riddle's a little hope
2: for him. He R- had riddle's,
1: riddles close. Riddle's close. So, you know, neither here nor there. Riddle wears knee pads, motherfucker. Where's he at? I got Sometimes he something. does, sometimes he doesn't. But neither here nor there, TW. So let's talk about the Main event of this parade of champions. The second, what are you looking? At? You're looking like you're, you're trying to follow a fly.
2: I don't think Riddle wears knee pads, damn it.
1: But he wears shorts. He doesn't wear trunks. There you go. There's the loophole. Okay, I, damn, you're trying to prove a point. My goodness, I'm, I'm trying you, to move on. Don't you try turning me on, Riddle? I didn't say. I'm just saying. No, no knee pads. No, no, no boots. Go, go figure. we wear shorts. But, not Neither Bruce. here nor there. Let's talk about the 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 clusterfuck that was this main event. <laughs> it was six on six. Ugh. Both rings were used, Reflection so I'm going to try to explain this as best as I can. I got to get the names out because I oh, was kind of confused. But here it was. It was on one side, it was the Von Ericks, Kerry Von Eric, Kevin Von Eric, Mike Von Erick, and they were teaming up with the fabulous Freebirds, Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. So, you know, the old saying goes, T.W., the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So that's right. why I can actually suspend you my dispute the war. just sounded like
2: Ben Shapiro, just for the
1: record. <laughs> like, I wasn't looking at you, and mm-hmm. I look up, and I'm like, that motherfucker sounds like Ben Shapiro. But well, go ahead. So on the other side was Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez. That was their – I forgot their, their tag team name, but they were uh, world-class. The Dynamic Jewel. Teams. Come on, oh, the man. The Dynamic, Dynamic oh. Jewel. They weren't the dynamic. Okay, I just, I forgot. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I can't remember anything, man. I got too much responsibilities on this goddamn podcast. But anyway, the dynamic duo, Rip Oliver, One Man Gang, Kamala, and Dr. Death, Steve Williams. And the funny, and I guess uh, being represented by Gary Hart, and I think Skandar Akbar was either ringside or represented one of these motherfuckers. I don't Each know. Each
2: guy had to represent. Kamala was with, uh, Akbar, one man gang was with Gary Hart, and who's the other one?
1: Uh, Rip Oliver was represented
2: by was Cornette. was with Jim Cornette, yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, I oh. found Dr. Death uh, appealing here because number one, he was a bad guy, but number two, he was wearing the spandex, the varsity. He was, a, he was a varsity
2: gear. club, yes. Yeah, he was am I'm like, I'm like, Dr. Death was in world class, and he was a fucking varsity club member there? He also looked awesome
1: there, right? Yeah, yeah but, he did.
2: This made sense to me because I want to say, in hindsight, I do remember in the magazines, wasn't he was in Akbar's army. But Dr. Death sounds like a heel, especially in the 80s, right? But
1: like, this that's an 80s is the, heel. No, but this is the beauty of not having cable. This is right. the beauty of having just syndicated television. Texas, he could be a villain working in Devastation Incorporated, whatever the case may be. And then when you go to Mid-South, when you go to uh Bill Watts' UWF, he's Hulk Hogan, he's Magnum TA, he's Dusty Rhodes, he's Mr. All American. He's Von uh, Eric. He's Kerry Von Eric there for the UWF purposes. But and TW Teddy Biassi is Kevin von Eric. Okay, I'll go with that. Or Macho Man. Either either way it works it works with me. But anyway, the, the rules are well it wasn't about the rules. It was about the it was about the prizes. The winning team got a hundred thousand dollars, TW but there was a caveat the one who got who recorded the pinfall was awarded a lincoln continental car and also the second caveat reflection nights was this wasn't a two out of three falls match no 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 this was a best of 3 out of five falls tw so this was a clusterfuck above, above any clusterfuck i have ever seen and witnessed tw so again you had to use both, you know, the two-sided rings, because you needed six-on-six, six. and again, for the 30,000 in attendance, on one side, you could, you could see Kerry Von Erich beat the shit out of uh, Gino Hernandez. On the other side, you got to see Kevin Von Erich beat the shit out of, uh, you know, Chris Adams, whatever the case may be, or One Man Gang or Kamalo. So, T.W., what say you about this clusterfuck of a match? Absolutely. fuck. First of all, how
2: the fuck Excuse my language, Travis, if you pick this one to come back. You have 12 dudes. You already have Michael Hayes and Buddy, Roger, Buddy Roberts looking alike if you're not looking at their face. Who the hell didn't say, hey, Rip, maybe you shouldn't wear red tights tonight? Because I, I couldn't tell Michael Hayes and Rip Oliver apart because Rip Oliver got pinned by somebody. But, mm-hmm. but Michael Hayes got pinned by somebody, and I thought it was Rip Oliver getting pinned again to make it 2 nothing bad guys. Right. And I'm like, who the fuck are the good guys and who are the bad guys here? I'm like, i it's such a clusterfuck. And if you remember when they introduced it, it was introduced, it was four good guys against two bad guys in one ring and four bad guys against two good guys in the other ring.
1: Yeah, and, and
2: I'm like, what the fuck is this, war games? This is the coin flip? Like, why is it not three against three? Or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, three on three on both rings. But then there was guys in both rings. It ended up looking like a fucking battle royal at one point, with only, like, three guys still in the other ring, pulling a John Moxley, just sitting there while Blood and Guts isn't airing that ring on TV, just sitting in the corner like he wasn't just in this match. And then the rest of them are in the other ring. Oh, by the way, side note, this is the first fucking YouTube video you made me watch that wasn't complete and utter shit. It was it was just as good a quality as the network. I give you good quality all the time. Don't don't give Dude, me that shit. You give me some Memphis shit that I felt like I was looking, I was watching through a screen door from a
1: block away. Oh. Just fucking shh. Uh, again, I give you a plus quality stuff, but neither here nor there. But TW, looking at this, forget about the the ending, because we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Let's play Hindsight Twenty Twenty Deuce. This is nineteen eighty-five. Again, this is after WrestleMania, the success of WrestleMania One. So now everybody knows that Vince McMahon ain't playing. Everybody knows that WWF is, ain't playing. So parade of champions, while it's honoring David Von Erich's legacy, Fritz Von Erich has got to do something business-wise to get you know the aftermax going crazy, right? TW so. With the two rings, visually, it's there. What would you have done with the rules? Forget it. War games is too easy. But what would you have done as a booker with the rules with these gentlemen? Would you have started maybe, let's say, Kerry Von Erich in one one side of the ring and Gino Hernandez on the other side of the ring, and then they do a war games? Would you try to do the war games or Royal Rumble kind of rules with that Was sentiment? Uh, well, someone
2: is going to have to fucking smarten up someday and stop with the predictable fucking heel wins the coin toss. Mm -hmm. If you're going to start with Kerry and Gino, then after five minutes, a heel and a face to join. It shouldn't be every other. First of all, this will speed the fucking thing up. And second of all, it'll stop insulting our intelligence of a heel winning the coin toss or the match that determines Mm -hmm. who gets the advantage, right? So uh, what I would do different, First off the bat, especially they had their loophole when Flair wouldn't participate. So that means they either threw, I think they threw Kamala in there because he was the only guy in the match that didn't have a match. Everybody in the match had a match with somebody else earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Death didn't either. but So Dr. No, Death They, or they
1: all had matches. We just didn't see that on, on, okay. on, the, on this one. Gotcha. Okay. So
2: so what I would have done, because do the math. Six guys splitting $100,000. Is like sixteen thousand five hundred each. Woohoo! Right? Hey, that's a lot. 000, Eighty-five per Right, but that's you have lot. five five guys, and then each guy's getting twenty grand, and okay. then and then, and then Kevin gets the car or whatever. Right? So whoever gets the pen gets the car. It just makes more sense. Like twenty grand sounds like it's worth it. Sixteen five is like, eh. I'll fucking spend that at Ramshorn later. But the bottom line is, it's it's a clusterfuck. There's too many people with six. Um... There's obviously a referee in each ring because there's two simultaneous matches going on. Um, what would it make be even better? Fuck it, have two one-on-one matches going, and then add two guys, and then add two guys, and then add two guys until mm-hmm. everyone's in it, right? So then then you speed it up, and then they have to stay in their ring, and then when all twelve are in there, go anywhere. But this Best of Five bullshit—that it no, you have. No, no finish until all twelve guys are in the ring. That way, you get an excuse for Carrie and Kevin to beat the shit out of Gino Hernandez for ten minutes while everybody's laying dead instead of pinning somebody. Um, I did like that about Blood and Guts. You couldn't win until all members were in there. I think that's the mm-hmm. same for
1: War Games. Um, that, that's the same. So Dusty, Dusty got it right with the concept of a double ring. So we have to right. give So if
2: you're gonna have the two rings and your idea of two guys start, I would have four guys start one-on-one in both, and then there's, there's four more guys enter, which is two more times two people enter. And then at the end, it becomes a free-for-all, and the first pinfall or submission wins. I, that's one thing I don't like about Blood and Guts, is where someone has to say, I quit. That,
1: that part I don't like, which is I think is, no, War Games, you can pin a guy, right? They kind of up, uh, upgraded it, but it was a uh, submission first. It was the yeah. I quit. It was the I quit scenario. So that yeah, was I don't like a,
2: that. I don't like that because that also tells you that almost
1: 90% of the time the heels are losing because the baby faces don't quit. So with this uh, match uh, reflection, as again, this was a clusterfuck, but the Von Eric family and the Freebirds won it. Three falls to two. Kevin Von Eric got the, the keys to the Lincoln Town Car. However, Gary Hart because he was already bald, he was mad, he was fuming, he did not want the Von Ericks to have a celebratory afternoon, if you will, (laughs) So he ordered one man gang to destroy the Lincoln town car. However, he was thwarted off by Kerry Von Erick and Mike Von Erick. But those dastardly dynamic duos of Gino Hernandez and Chris Adams, gentlemen Chris Adams, destroyed... The Lincoln Town Car, oh, well, you know, he j- they just fucked up the windows. It, you know, it's not like you can't replace the windows, T.W., but for Mark Lawrence, who is the voice of world class, how dis- how dastardly, how disgustingly that the dynamic duo would dis- dismirch the prize, the Lincoln Town Car prize of the Von Erics. So, T.W., what say you about the ending, and we'll put a bow on the Parade of Champions, the second annual Parade of Champions. Bye watch this thing. <laughs> I'm left wondering
2: how the Von Eriks are as popular as they are. Cause they look like spoiled brats at the end. They look like spazzes. <laughs> Carrie looked about as dumb as fucking the dumbest guy on any fucking sitcom ever. And Kevin just looked like a little whiny bit. He that's what I was talking about in the rings like Three times you threw me out of the ring, stopped me from getting back in the ring. I was I was gonna get back in there. Which A implies he wanted to win by count out. That's not a hero's win, right? And then Fritz bring his fucking old fat ass in there and goes, I'm proud of my boy tonight. And the place lights up and I'm like, what the fuck? what? What are you proud of? That he couldn't get back in the ring? And like a, it's just it, i I I just he, and people are and, shooting, man. And people the, are the chain, Vince McMahon is the king of fucking a car up. When you have Stone Cold Steve Austin put cement in a vintage Corvette
0: mm-hmm. and
2: completely fucking crushes the thing, right? And you know that thing became a write-off because no insurance company's paying that out. Um, so for them to break the window, you and I both know. And they went over and looked at it to make sure they didn't fuck up the metal. They put a new window on that motherfucker, and it was right back at the lot for sale. Later on that day. So it mm-hmm. just was it was
1: so hokey. First have had a had a partnership with some dealership with some Lincoln Town right. Card dealer. It was a commercial. You do it. Of course. It was a commercial. Yeah. So
2: obviously a hundred grand in nineteen eighty five is a lot of fucking money. But I still think for prosthetics, what not prosthetics, whatever for whatever aesthetics edit, aesthetics. For mm-hmm. aesthetics, it should have been each man one twenty grand. Or the other out would be The winning team, the pinfall guy gets the car, and the other five get twenty grand each, right? Because the car is supposed to be worth more than twenty grand. So you have all that and and everything. It's good, but it's just so like this is their big show. This is a big time and world class because of the whole thing with David. Um, All eyes are on them. This show showed me why. Vince became the global entertainment leader, and world class didn't. They just didn't have it in them, you know. They were, they were way bigger than they should have ever been in Texas, and God bless them. They should have been happy with that because if he would have been happy with that, world class would have lasted a lot longer. But they well, got delusions of grandeur, and, and you don't have the right people helping you, you run out of money, and your kids got to
1: go work up north. And again. In my opinion, and you could agree or disagree or have a different take, the pressure that WrestleMania One did the the success of it, this event, because again it's David Von Eric's legacy, but they had to do something. They had to put a gimmick to it, right. Right. for the for the money, for the gate, for you know, for eyes on the on the on the right. product of World oh, yeah. Class. You so can they, do that. Watch what we do. That's what uh, you know. Everyone's waiting for their response. Right, so the pressure got to them. Do you agree with that? And then we'll put a bow on this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because,
2: I mean, you almost could have just got away with some kind of fucking Texas folklore match, like the Texas Death Match. have the first ever fucking five, five guys on each side, you know, where they're all tied to one guy in two right. rings, some, something. But the way they did it in Best of Five, it just seemed like everything they did was trying to be grandiose. Like, oh, two out of three? Fuck that. Three out of five, motherfucker. But we're still going to so, do the heels so if they over did two a,
1: they did the If they did a World Series best four out of seven, you would have not watched this, right? Fuck, dude. Half the building would have been leaving. They would have been driving out of there.
2: It's too much. There you too go. Much. And with that, and with that God bless then, them. Uh-oh. A for effort. You got to try. Just like AWA did Wrestle Rock that year, or 86, mm-hmm. whatever year they did Wrestle Rock. You had to try. and I get, uh, And obviously... Rick, Claire, Rick, Claire, NWA already had Starcade, and whenever the Great American Bash started before WrestleMania, so they just had to make those bigger, great, which great, actually the was the Great American Ch-
1: Bash started two months after the Parade of Champions. That was the first right. one. So, right. with that being said, Reflection Nights, we close on this episodic episode of the PWR Podcast, the second annual David Von Erich Parade of Champions, and next week, Tita, you know, I'm not gonna be. One of those people, I think the reflection eyes would have, would have looked at the professor, knowing how you know cynical I am. I'm not gonna do a spotlight on Vincent Kennedy McMahon next week. No, I'm not gonna do that. So I will keep you on your toes, reflection eyes. I'll keep you on your toes. We might do a spotlight. We might do a movies. We might do a rivalries. But we'll do something, and we'll do it because we are the kings of nostalgia. And with that being said, TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. And you know that that one is still on a timeout. Spotlight.
0: Spotlight. Spotlight.
1: Spotlight. Spotlight. Oh, I, I see the suggestion.
2: I, I you. I hear you. <laughs> All righty. Let me put on my glasses so this looks more professional. Our handle is the PW Reflection on the Twitter. And I don't know if it's you or JB or Big Ray. Somebody's been tweeting shit out with PW because it's coming to my email suggesting that I read the PW Reflexes tweet. Um, you were retweeting A-Tracks. Right. Uh, A- you were retweeting A-Tracks take on something. Um, and then you have me. You have your choice. You got Tommy Wonder19 or at the Tommy Wonder for the Twitter because... One of them, I'll school you in wrestling. The other, I'll school you in politics. I've been blurring the lines lately because people have been pissing me off. I'm trying to fucking pull back. Uh, Also, my Instagram is TommyWonder19. My TikTok is TheTommyWonder. My Facebook.com backslash TommyWonder. Snapchat is NumberWonder. And then, of course, we got Big Ray at Big Ray Hernandez. By the way, I'm going to have to find out what his TikTok name is. I watch Ray this dude does not shy away. Her-
1: it's Ray Hernandez at
2: TikTok. Ray Hernandez at TikTok. He puts out every morning his his coffee thoughts, and then he does breaking news, and he does all this stuff like my top five NBA players. And he just he does he puts a lot of effort into it. And I just think, man, this guy should have way more followers, way more views. He hashtags his shit out of it like he should. Um, and it's just it's crazy how TikTok is hit or miss. Like, my very first it's al- TikTok... It's algorithms.
1: It's all about the but
2: I, I But but this is the thing. My very first one got, I think it's at 13,400 views, right? Mm-hmm. The next closest is, like, just over a 1,000. But most of them are around 300, 400, 500, 700. Just like race. And it's like, I think that because I had my TikTok for two years and didn't use it, that when I finally did, they are like, let's shove this guy down people's throats. Because immediately they asked me if I wanted to make it a business account, like to add stuff
1: like that. Because right. they want I to monetize didn't. you and monetize themselves.
2: But I didn't do it because I was like, "Yeah, that's pressure to put content out, right?" Yeah. And I think I should have done it because had I done it, they would probably push all my stuff like they did the first one, right? It's it's mm-hmm. like they pick your poison. But but anyway, Big Race TikTok, it's definitely worth following. Uh, obviously, follow them on Twitter. I don't really do Twitter too often. I've been really on the TikTok and the Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, But TikTok is just, it's nice. It's just real quick. And Ray, what a beautiful voice. Ray sings on that damn TikTok. Uh, One time he did Frank Sinatra. The other day he did uh, uh, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Not Rocky Top, but Take Me Home, Country Road. But some other version of it. And it was beautiful, man. The guy Mm -hmm. just gives it it all. So the 12 of you listening to this, follow Big Ray's TikTok, damn it. At Ray Hernandez
1: at TikTok. And Ray uh, will correct us on his if official, yeah. Of yeah.
2: Yeah. official
1: Twit TikTok. And so the next episode will you we'll give you the right one.
2: Right, right. And then of course Big Vito brand, they help us out. So help them out. BigVitoBrand.wigsite.com or
1: Patreon.com backslash the Big Vito brand. And you can follow me on my Twitter. I got no TikTok. I don't need it. I don't want it. <laughs> i um, I like China, but I don't want to support China with TikTok. So neither here nor there. You can follow my Twitter at pwsoprof. That's pwsoprof. And of course, if this gets uploaded by Eight Track Brown, this will be on the pwso networks on the YouTubes. And follow my brothers in arms, Billy Ray Valentine at Obi One. You know me. And of course, the king of the reactions, Eight Track Brown at Eight Track Destiny. And again, I'll keep you on your toes, reflection eyes, and TW on what we will do next week here on the PWR Podcast. And for myself, the professor, that's Mr. Wonderful, the Tommy Wonder, holding up a Vince McMahon saying good night and we'll see you next time here at the PWR Podcast. Peace, pal. I like that.